It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are locked on balls, your daily Tennessee volunteers podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show. Today's show is going to have a little fun talking about the 90s. I think for Tennessee fans, it's always fun to talk about the 90s. We have, a, I think, a good question that was sent in regarding the 1998 Tennessee football team. And if you look at the headline of today's show... It had a little bit of fun with what the topic is going to be today, but I'm going to talk about the 98 team, the Arkansas game, and then several of those teams in the 90s. Kind of a big picture question that has been brought up by Philip Fulmer in the past. I'm going to do that here in the first couple of segments of today's show as we continue the theme asking what-if questions with Tennessee sports history. Also on today's show, I'll kind of catch you up on things as the Vols continue to be in the picture with a number of big-time prospects and the hype with Tennessee in recruiting. I think it's unique to Tennessee because of what the coaches have been able to do here the last few weeks. We'll talk about that right here today on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and it's presented today by Built Bar. BuiltBar.com is the website. The promo code to use is Locked On. If you use the promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com, you'll get $10 off your first order. I received a good what-if question from Sam on Facebook. Sam's actually listening from Australia. He's from Chattanooga. So, hello, Sam. Thanks for sending in the message. And the question was this. What if Clint Sterner did not fumble in that game against Arkansas in 1998? You remember the Sterner fumble. It was a huge play with Arkansas leading late in the fourth quarter. He fumbled the football. Billy Ratliff fell on it. Then Tennessee handed the ball to Travis Henry over and over and over again to ultimately score the game-winning touchdown. What if Sterner hadn't fumbled the football? So I went back and watched the play, and I looked at the play-by-play and the box score of the game to decide what would have happened because, as Sam included in the message, Uh, I guess Tennessee probably would not have gone on to win the national championship. And I'd say that's probably the likely scenario. If Sterner does not fumble the football there, let's say he just puts two hands on the ball and falls to the ground. Let's let's say that the the play is still made by Ratliff to push Burlesworth back and Sterner does stumble. Let's just say he holds on to the football and he doesn't fumble. Well, the play was second and 12, so it's about to be a third and long situation. And the clock would have continued to run. Now, this is something I'm not 100% sure on. 
I think Tennessee still had timeouts there. The box score shows, the play-by-play shows that Tennessee still had timeouts. I, I believe that's the case. So if Tennessee was able to stop the clock, you're looking at maybe getting the football back with between a minute and a minute and a half to go if Tennessee's able to get a stop on third down. What does Arkansas do on third down? It's a two-point game. You're going to be punting away. My guess is that Arkansas runs again. That play, by the way, was designed for Sterner to try to get out to the outside and and pick up a couple of yards, is what he has said after the fact. So if that's the case, Tennessee still would have had a chance to get the football. It just would have gotten the ball with less time, and it would have had to have attacked through the air. It couldn't have just handed the ball off to Henry over and over again because, remember, getting the ball at midfield, like Tennessee did, the Vols didn't even need a touchdown. That, that's what they ultimately were able to get. But the drive started on the Arkansas 43-yard line. So if Tennessee was able to just pick up you know, first down and a little more than that, they were well within Jeff Hall's range. Again, that not, ended up not being an issue. They handed the ball to Travis Henry five times, 43 yards, boom, touchdown. So my guess is that, Sam, you're probably right. My guess is that Tennessee does not win the game, that the Vols fall short. While, again, I'll say they still would have had a chance and they could have gotten the ball back, and T. Martin in a big spot I don't think would have been afraid. And if he's able to move the ball down the field and set Jeff Hall up, he still would have had an opportunity at a game-winning field goal. But I also thought about this. Maybe we should say, you know what, even if Sterner doesn't fumble the football, Tennessee would have figured it out. Because I also thought about what Philip Fulmer said about that team. We've gone over the fact that this probably was not Tennessee's best overall team from just a a roster standpoint, talent standpoint. The next year's team might have actually topped the 98 team. But the 98 team had Al Wilson. The 98 team had the chip on its shoulder that I think kind of carried it through that season. Well, why don't you hear Tennessee's head coach? This is what Philip Fulmer said a couple of years ago. Looking back at that 98 team, how it was different going all the way back to the offseason, maybe Tennessee still would have found a way to win that Arkansas game if Clint Sterner had not fumbled the football. Listen to Philip Fulmer here. I guess the best memory was it was how that team came together, you know, early. Uh, you could tell in offseason and spring, you know, they kind of had that chip on their shoulder and were looking forward to proving people wrong. You know, we'd lost a bunch of guys to pro football, three first-rounders, and I think we were picked third in the East, you know, or something like that at the time. And, you know, they definitely had a chip on the shoulder. And Al Wilson, you know, really, and, and T. Martin did as well, but and a lot of guys in different ways. But Al Wilson, in a lot of ways, took that team on its on his back, you know, and and took it to a, to a level that um, – was it at least on par, you know, with with uh, the, the teams that we, we we had had? I've said this a number of times. There's probably uh, probably three or four teams that were actually better physically than than that team, uh, but they raised their level of play and got it up to par, and then we, you know, were able to get, get win all the games rather than having one along the way that that knocked us out. And I guess I should add that if Tennessee had lost the Arkansas game the Vols probably don't get back up into the top two to play in the BCS title game, even though that championship Saturday was a pretty wild one in in college football with the other teams that were knocked off. I guess Tennessee probably isn't there if Tennessee loses the game at home to Arkansas. Philip Fulmer seems to kind of have that thought as well, talking about there wasn't that one that knocked us off. And in national championship seasons, you also need a little luck. I I think you're going to find it with most teams in Tennessee 
obviously found it there with Clint Sterner fumbling the football. Tennessee still made a play on it. Uh, Billy Ratliff pushing the lineman back. He made a really good play. Sterner's comments on it since then have backed that up. But he still needed to put the ball in the ground, and Tennessee still had to fall on it. And, of course, the Vols did. So, Sam, I appreciate you sending in that question. I think it's a good one because it's one of the biggest plays in Tennessee football history. And anytime you think about that, one of the biggest plays in, in school history, what if it were to go the other way? Well, you probably don't want to think about that a lot of the time. So that one went Tennessee's way. And over the last, what, 10 to 15 years, there have probably been enough plays that didn't go Tennessee's way where you could play the reverse and say, what if this had worked out in our favor things could have been a lot better. So it worked out for Tennessee on that Saturday. Clint Sterner's fumble is one of the most memorable plays in Tennessee history. And also there's a reason Tennessee was able to just line up and hand the ball to Travis Henry from there because that was a team that was for sure determined. It may have not been Tennessee's best team of the late 90s. Part of the reason is just because there were a bunch of great Tennessee teams in the late 90s. But that was one that found a way to win the game. And on both sides of the football, Tennessee had really good leaders and veteran players who were able to step up and make plays. So a good question there, because I also think it's worth pointing out, if Sterner had held on to the ball and had not fumbled, the game was not automatically over. It just would have been a lot tougher. And I know this, Tennessee fans are glad they don't have to find out what if Clint Sterner had not fumbled that football. Coming up next, another look at the mid to late 90s, because the 98 team, it didn't need a playoff. What if those other teams had a playoff like we have now in college football? I'll look at where Tennessee ranked in those late season situations and what kind of opportunity might have been there for the Tennessee Vols. Could they have had a shot at more national titles? I'll get to that coming up next right here on Locked on Vols, which is brought to you today by BuiltBar.com. And I have a new top three member on Wednesday. I ate one of the chocolate bars from Built Bar with banana nut bread. And when I opened it up, I wasn't so sure about this one, but I still have the different peanut butter combinations among the top two. Banana nut bread, though, It's now at number three. Here's the thing about Built Bars. They're tasty. I told you I like that one a lot. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. But also, Built Bars are healthy. They give you the opportunity to lose or maintain weight while still being able to indulge in a delicious treat. The Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-end fiber. So here's what you do. Take advantage of the deal right now at BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. I love my Built Bars. Try them out for yourself. Use promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. So just a moment ago, I was talking about Tennessee's 98 team, maybe not being the best team overall, maybe not the best roster. And Phil Former talked about that, and he's he's had longer discussions, and some of his players who are part of multiple teams have said that, that the 98 team, yeah, won the national title. So it 
should get the championship and the recognition, but it may have not been the best team of those five years. Fred White, who played on all five teams, he was a freshman, a true freshman in 95, redshirted, and then played the next four years at Tennessee. So he was a part of all five of those just tremendous Tennessee football teams from 95 through 99. And he has said that 95 team was the best. So I started thinking about this. It's again, something that Philip Fulmer has brought up. What if there was a playoff in the 90s? Tennessee's football team would have at least had, I think, a shot at multiple national championships. Now, maybe it only would have won one in five years, so it still all worked out. But you can always wonder as well, right? So I looked at where Tennessee was late in that season and the teams Tennessee might have faced off. I'm having to speculate a little bit here because you don't know how exactly it would have worked. It also would have been in the 90s. There's going to be a situation here a couple times at least where there could have been two SEC teams and would they have done that? So again, it's a what if. We're never going to know and it not, it's not actually going to happen anyway. So in 95, that's that's a Tennessee football team that was just terrific. The Vols finished second and third in the two polls, the coaches polls and the associated press polls. And if you go by the associated press poll that season, Tennessee only had one loss. It was the loss to Florida early in the season. Week three, Tennessee lost at Florida 62-37. to The week before, Tennessee had beaten Georgia uh, 30-27 to in Knoxville. Tennessee, of course, beat up on Alabama. That's Peyton Manning to Joey Kent on play number one. And also the week before that, Tennessee earned a really impressive win at Arkansas, 49-31. to So 49-31 to and 41-14 to against a couple of top 20 teams in mid-October. So the Vols, after losing to Florida in week three, won out. And then ultimately beat Ohio State in the Citrus Bowl, and that was a loaded Ohio State football team, including Orlando Pace and Eddie George. They just had a a bunch of NFL players on that Ohio State team. So I looked at the rankings at the end of the season after Championship Saturday and pulled up the Associated Press poll. I'm just going to use the AP poll for consistency here, and here's what it looked like. Nebraska was number one. Nebraska was the eventual national champion. Florida was number two, Northwestern was number three, and Tennessee was number four. Ohio State, the team that Tennessee beat in the Citrus Bowl, was number five. Ohio State was 11-1 and one at the time, Tennessee 10-1. and one. So if you just took the Associated Press poll and you built a playoff out of it, it would have been Nebraska versus Tennessee in the first round. Florida, which was 12-0 and 0 at the time, against North, Northwestern in the, in the first round in the two-versus-three matchup. My guess is the way that it would have played out is the way that we saw the national championship unfold. I think Nebraska probably beats Tennessee considering what we saw from Nebraska against Tennessee at the end of the 97 and 99 seasons. Nebraska at that time was just a juggernaut. You want to talk about physical football, Tennessee would have put up a fight because that that Tennessee offensive line, it was going to run at you. But I still think Nebraska probably gets Tennessee in 95. Florida beats Northwestern. Nebraska goes on and to beat uh, Florida for the national championship, just like it did in real life. So the question, what if there's a playoff in the 90s, at least in the mid to late 90s? 95, Tennessee still doesn't win the national title. 96 is a little tricky. Here's why I say that. Tennessee was 10-2 and and finished ninth in the polls. So you would look at the way that season played out and said, well, they wouldn't have been in the running. I do wonder this. If Tennessee, with one loss on its record, was looking at the rest of the season saying, hey, we still have a really good playoff shot, does it lose to Memphis? If so, well, then, hey, this team doesn't deserve a shot at the playoff. Maybe that's just how it's going to work out. But if a playoff spot is still on the line, is Tennessee a little more locked in and avoids what was an embarrassing upset to Memphis? Probably not. 
But I will say this, before Tennessee lost to Memphis, the Vols were in play. And the way that it probably would have shaken out at the end of that season, you had Florida State, Arizona State, Florida was third, eventually winning the national title. And then it would have been Tennessee or Ohio State in the fourth spot. So Tennessee was at least knocking on that door before it lost to Memphis. Once it lost to Memphis, two losses, it's of course out. So I'll move on to 97. Tennessee finished eighth and seventh in the two polls that season, finishing 11-2 and two after losing to Nebraska. Here's what I think the playoff would have been at the end of that regular season, Tennessee having won the SEC title, remember, with Peyton Manning. It was Michigan, Nebraska, Tennessee, and Florida State. So if we go, again, by the polling from the Associated Press, Michigan would have played Florida State, Nebraska would have played Tennessee. We did see Nebraska play Tennessee, and Nebraska whipped the Vols. So we know what the answer is there. Tennessee would not have won a national title, but it would have been in the playoff. And then in 99, there's again the question about focus. What if Tennessee has a playoff spot on the line? I don't think it really matters here because the Vols were still in play. They had actually moved back up to number three in the polls after the Florida loss before losing to Arkansas. So a playoff spot really doesn't change much because even then, Tennessee believed it had a shot at the BCS again and it lost to Arkansas. So I think I just figured it out. If there was a playoff from 95 through 99, I think Tennessee wins one national championship and I think it would have won in 1998. I'm going to throw out a few other what-if questions. I'm not really going to try to answer them here, but I'll leave them up to you to think about. And if you have any others for next week, send them my way. These are 1990s what-if questions. This is one you definitely don't want to think about too much. What if Peyton Manning does not go to Tennessee? I don't think Tennessee recruits at as high of a level. Tennessee may not win the 97 SEC championship. And I don't know, maybe that keeps them from winning in 98. So I'll move on quickly from that one. But what if Peyton doesn't go to Tennessee? I think it's very obvious it's important that he did. How about this one? What if Heath Schuler had stayed for his senior season? After the 93 season, a terrific year for Heath, he had the decision to come back for his senior year in 94 or turn pro. He, of course, turned pro and uh, was a high draft pick. So for him, yeah, I, I think at the time it was the right decision. I know his pro career didn't work out how he wanted to, but still, uh, to be drafted where he was, uh, I would have jumped at that opportunity. But instead of coming back with Jerry Colquitt, who unfortunately suffered that knee injury in the first game of the season against UCLA, you would have had a returning Heisman candidate in Heath Schuler. I think Tennessee probably wins that game at UCLA. Tennessee would have beaten Georgia the next week. And then what about the next week? At home against Florida, Tennessee was blanked. Maybe Tennessee still doesn't win that game, but you like your chances there with Heath Schuler versus Tennessee just trying to figure out the quarterback position. The next week, Tennessee lost a close one at Mississippi State. With Heath, I think they probably win that one. So maybe Tennessee doesn't win a championship that season. I think Tennessee competes, though, if Heath remains at Tennessee for a senior season in 94. And then my final one, what if Chris Sims had stuck with his commitment to Tennessee instead of going to Texas? What's his career like at Tennessee? What's Tennessee football like after that? What's Casey Clawson's football career? That's, I think, a big butterfly effect with Chris Sims if he had gone to the UT in Knoxville instead of the UT in Austin, Texas. Just a few what-if questions to think about. Coming up in the final segment of Locked on Vols, another look at what Tennessee has done in recruiting the last few weeks, where things are with some of the top prospects out there that will be making decisions soon. Tennessee has 21 commitments, not a lot of spots remaining, although there might be. I'll get to that coming up next on Locked on Vols, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. One other quick thought on Heath Schuler: What if he had come back for a senior season? If he had done that in '94, does Peyton Manning end up redshirting in '94 and be a redshirt freshman in '95? And if that's the case, is he a senior in '98, or does he just turn pro after his redshirt junior season in '97? Not worth spending too much time on. Something worth thinking about, though. That could have been another butterfly effect for Tennessee football. So final segment here with getting back to the present day. Tennessee sits with 21 commitments in the 2021 class heading into the weekend. And we'll see if there is any surprise news for Tennessee this weekend. There is news expected on Monday, and that is from tight end Miles Campbell out of the state of Georgia. Campbell is expected to make his announcement coming up on Monday. He is a three-star tight end prospect. The composite has him as one of the top 20 tight ends in the country, actually ranked at number 20. And he has a long list of schools. He has made his decision, and there is a lot of anticipation that he is going to be announcing his commitment to Tennessee. And again, that is on Monday, so I'll have another show for you before his scheduled announcement coming up next week. But Tennessee continues to be in play for a number of highly touted players. And uh, Tennessee, I'm sure, would love to add another player at that tight end position. Now, if Campbell chooses Tennessee, let's see how that affects the Vols' recruitment of Hudson Wolf, who is maybe the top prospect in the state of Tennessee. Campbell, as I mentioned, is from Georgia. If the Vols land him, that means 20 of the 22 commitments Tennessee will have will be out of state. Tennessee has two in-state commitments right now. Wide receiver Walker Merrill from the mid-state and then Elijah Howard from Campbell. Javari Ritzy is a player who is expected to make his announcement coming up June 12th. He's a defensive lineman from Kernersville, North Carolina, four-star prospect. Still a few weeks away, though, a little less than a month, I guess about four weeks away from making his announcement. And then something else just worth monitoring is Tennessee continues to be in play for highly touted players like Amarius Mims and Peyton Page, and the Vols might be underdogs going after some of those guys, but they're also in play. And I'm not saying that there's a decision coming from those guys anytime soon. Maybe some kind of surprise pops up. But uh, the Vols at least continue to improve their position. And then you also have outside linebacker Smell Munden, who is from down in Dallas, Georgia, Paulding County High School. He is a five-star prospect, and he is planning to announce his college decision in June. So at least somebody worth monitoring as Tennessee is going to continue to try to push there until he makes his choice. If you look at predictions right now, There are a lot of people saying Georgia, but again, Tennessee is going to continue to push with everybody. It believes it has a shot at landing. This guy is uh, one of the top 30 players in the country. The composite has him as the number 27 player in the nation, the number two outside linebacker in the country, the third best prospect in Georgia. So the Vols continue to be in play. Tennessee continues to get a lot of attention. And around the nation, a lot of players are announcing. Paul Meyerberg had a story at USA Today earlier this week that the number of players who have committed right now doubles the number from a year ago. So twice as many players at this time have committed compared to a year ago. So during the quarantine with players at home not 
traveling and taking visits, they're actually going ahead and making more decisions. Now, does that mean we're going to see more decommitments over the next several months? Well, I guess probably so. The more commitments you have, the more decommitments you probably get, which means this year could be as wild of a year as we have ever seen in recruiting. We also saw news on Thursday that the deadline for NBA draft prospects to withdraw their names to go back to college will be extended. Right now it's being extended indefinitely because we don't know when the NBA draft is going to take place. There has not been a formal announcement but it is not expected to take place in late June. And that's worth noting because Eve Pons is going through the NBA draft process, so it might be later than normal for Tennessee to find out if Eve Pons is going to come back for his senior season or if he will keep his name in the draft. But the, uh, the deadline has been extended indefinitely while we continue to wait to see when the actual NBA draft will happen. And then what about college football? Will college football happen this fall? I'm not going to waste too much of your time on that subject here today. There continues to be a lot being thrown out. Colin Cowherd the other night tweeted out about the USC-Alabama game, saying it's pretty much understood that game will not take place. USC's athletic director came out and said, we have every intention of playing, but there continue to be questions about the Pac-12 and football in the state of California this fall and what's going to happen. And then different commissioners are giving differing opinions, at least publicly, on what needs to be done to play football. And then you have thoughts of what if most teams in a conference are ready to go, but not all teams are ready to go. Right now, the main point would be nobody seems to know, which I know is not helping you too much right now. As we approach the midpoint in May, we still are a couple of months away from schools probably needing to be in a position to begin training to start the football season on time. But these next couple of months are going to go quickly, and they're probably going to need to make a decision before we get to the middle part of July. I appreciate you being here on Locked On Vols. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's brought to you by Built Bar. Remember, the promo code Locked On gets you $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Thanks to everybody who has left a rating and review for the show. Thanks to everybody for spreading the word to other Tennessee fans. And most importantly, I appreciate you being here. You can send me a message, a question, or comment for the show anytime on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I have links to those accounts in the show notes. Just a quick reminder, the next show is scheduled for Monday. If anything big happens later today, I'll have a Friday show for you. If not, uh, look for Monday to be the next episode of Locked on Vols. Thanks again for being here. I'll see you next time on Locked on Vols. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.